Hey, what's up, La Familia? You crazy football-loving nutters. This is Ray Hudson, and you are luxuriating in listening to the Inter Miami podcast with a stupefyingly magnificent Jay and Alex. Two lads who are as electrifying as a hairdryer thrown into a hot tub. Stay tuned, because you know what it's going to be. It's going to be magisterial with an amplifier. a happy episode again i know right so uh, hey does quinn have any inner miami cards no okay i have a bunch of extras i wasn't <laughs> able to get him a shirt in time so i'm gonna bring him a bunch of extras that i have that riley already has i already have so i'll bring a bunch down thanks for developing my son's addiction which will only affect my wallet you're just you're just lovely buddy it's like uh it's like when you buy your friend, your friend like has a son and you buy him like a drum set just to, yeah. and you just, you just smile at the dad, like knowing you're just causing so much hatred for just yeah. loud banging noises. And uh, yeah, so great. So Quinn can develop a nice little sports card addiction, man. And well, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure my wallet will you, love it. If it makes you feel any better, um, inner Miami has dog shit for anything. Uh I opened one box and had the entire inner Miami collection in one shot. They had Indy, they had Indy, Jean Mota, and Gonzalo this year. And then in the Renaissance package, which was like the player patch and all that shit, all they have was Indy. So we don't actually have a representative from our team. Unless you count Joseph, but his is all Atlanta shit. Yeah. So classic. Classic. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Well, uh, I'll thank you. When it's uh, a year's time from now and I'm $2,000 down the drain because Quinn wants to pull sports cards. But welcome, everyone, to the Inter Miami podcast. I am Jay Kington, along with Dan Harrington, who might have been cussing a little more than usual because I didn't know I was recording right now, but I felt that was a pretty fun intro, so why not, man? Why not? Here we are, baby. How you doing? How how goes it? How do you, how do you feel getting on the mic with... Uh, Two wins. I know people are going to say oh, one win and one draw. Shut up, nerd. How you feeling? Coming back. Two wins down. Is it is it done? Or is it is is the slump over? Are we are we making the run back to the top? Listen, I've said this countless times. Uh, if if you've been a fan of this team since its inception, you know to be a cautious optimist. Uh, we we kind of got our ass handed to us at the beginning of the season for being way too optimistic. Uh, so I'm trying to uh, take it in stride here. We bought uh, in, man. You know, we bought in. Yeah, we bought in. We trusted the we, process. <laughs> it's. It, I feel like we were just done by Jordan Belfort, and we got sold those penny stocks. <laughs> we were going to make a shit ton of money, and then we just didn't make anything at all. And it's like, all right. We, we came we in. Are. We came in GameStop, like at the top. You know. Yeah. Just yeah. just bought in and just got. F- floored diamond hands at the wrong time exactly. uh, but you know um i i like being wrong 
I hate to say it, uh, I like being wrong. I was pretty negative on the on the boys coming into that uh, Columbus match, and I was actually really negative coming into that uh, Miami Open Cup match. So, hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. I it, it was fantastic. It was a great game for the most part. I thought once Kucho hit that nasty curler past Drake, I thought it was going <laughs> to be uh, game on. And um, yeah, us. Mean, we're gonna we gotta fantastic. go we gotta go one game at a time. But I know everyone. I think in the Discord was predicting a loss for the Columbus game. But before we get there, let's start with with where the, the vibes all turned around at the Miami FC third round of the Lamar Hunt Open Cup. And let me tell you, man, I'm so happy I live pretty close to Brightline and they're putting a new Brightline station in really close to me because... Um, yeah, it took me like two hours to get down there and probably an hour and a half to get back due to lane closures on the way back. Uh, but just standard South Florida traffic. I thought it was going to get better once all the Canadians and all the people from Michigan go home. You know, I, I we got to make a law, man. If you don't live here, you shouldn't be able to stay here for more than a month at a time. Honestly, they flood the, the, the roads and it's miserable. It took me so long to get down there. Ended up, you know, doing some team building activities with uh, with some of the supporters outside. Started to stroll into the stadium a little late. We're like, you know what? Mm, we suck. No rush to get in there. Let's just enjoy it. Let's wrap up this tailgate. So we go in there. Probably get in there like, I don't know, in like the th- third minute. Didn't even take till the third minute, honestly. We're going in there, man, and the stadium just erupts. I'm like, damn, like, hey, we're already getting after it. No. Then uh, then the announcer comes on in some Miami FC going. I'm like, damn, we got Your scored text on. at that moment was hysterical. What, I don't, what I did I turned, say? I, I hadn't remember. turned the game on yet. There was something along the lines of, well, I'm glad I didn't make it inside because I guess we suck again. <laughs> yeah, dude, like yeah. two minutes in, just getting yeah. – getting slotted by a usl team it's it's lovely so you know go in there and um man i'll tell you what (laughs) i was i I was fully ready to lose that game like i thought it was a real possibility we lose that game given the way we'd been playing and i think it was probably one of the more predicted cup sets if you will and uh, you know, it was, it was it was a pretty pretty ugly game. Like I definitely, I think most people in there were just having a good time, like knew what it was. There's probably a little more uh, you know concession purchasing uh, than than normal for a lot of people. Just trying to be there to support the team, but knowing what you're getting yourself into. And I mean, <laughs> it looked like we were losing this game. For, I mean, and we tried. Like, we gave a lot of value and efforts, right? 75% possession, 19 shots, 7 on target. Miami FC only had 5 shots with 3 on target, but it doesn't matter. It was literally not until the 89th minute when that boy, Schneider, Borgelin, such a stud, dude. I'm just so happy when we get like I love I love big strikers, right? I love the 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 number 9, the target man can play with his back to goal and I just think Schneider's Floor is so high, and his ceiling is is so, so high. Anyway, he ends up leveling this thing out in the 89th minute, and I'm like, oh, damn, like, all right, cool, whatever. Like, here we are. We'll take it to OT. 
hopefully, you know, USL team would get worn out with uh, 120 minutes of play. Um, that doesn't happen to be the case. Um, a, a really, really bad error from Yedlin. Um, an own goal from Yedlin, right? Comes back. Drake could easily stop this shot. It wasn't like there was a ton of pace on it. And then he just nicks it with his foot right around Drake. And I just, like, you could just feel like everyone's soul being sucked out. Like, all right, this is, this is classic inner Miami stuff right here. 116th minute, that own goal happens, right? We go through the whole first half of, of added time, of extra time, rather. And mind you, I mean, again, like it's 90 minutes of soccer and everyone's there really having a good time, making sure the concession people are getting their money's worth. Then you add another 30 minutes onto that, and it's just people are, are in really, really good spirits, if you know what I mean. We thought that game was over, man. And then our boy, one of the most beloved uh, people, at least in terms of, uh, of the Discord and people we know, Ryan Saylor with the, the magnificent hair, you know, uh, comes in. What is that? 118th minute, man, equalizes it out. And it's like, oh, here we go to penalties, man. But then I have these flashbacks. I'm like, damn, we suck at penalties, right? Like that Orlando Open Cup game just comes right back to me. And so, hey, let's draw this game out even longer. What's better than two hours of footy? Let's go ahead and make it two and a half hours of footy. Well, I'm sure Chloe's like, where the hell is Jay, this baby's crying, get home. And we're over here just just having a blast. We go to penalties. <sighs> you know the rest of the story, man. You know the rest of the story. Turned it all around, but were you, obviously you're happy with it, but what were your thoughts on the on the match as a whole, on the performance as a whole? I wasn't, I'm happy with the result, but I wasn't happy with the play on the field. Uh, for for the roster that we started with, it definitely should have been a better match overall for us. We took Miami for granted at the beginning, kind of maybe dismissed them a little bit, especially with the roster that we trotted out. And uh, we got smoked for it, rightfully so, as you already said. Um, it was one of those ones where it seemed like another managed game there was poor substitutions there was questionable tactical changes and it just felt like we were destined to lose that game it, it really did let's be honest we got lucky that ryan was able to dunk one in all right beautiful shout out to franco negri with that peach of an assist on that and honestly if, if it wouldn't been for the Columbus result, I still, I mean, I'm still leaning towards him being out, but I would have thought that would have had to have been an almost immediate, like you can't just fumble the bag against a USL side like that and, and just sneak out a win. So all in all though, I mean, I'm happy the, how the penalty shootout went out, obviously with uh, a former, former Syracuse Orangeman, Kamal Miller bagging that game winning PK and uh, sending us into the, into that good night with the win. Are we um, sure it wasn't Schneider? I'm looking at it. Because, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, I know. You totally missed the, the Victor substitution for Schneider at the 99th minute. Like uh, I said, man, <laughs> two and a half hours of uh, making sure concessions people are, are, are making money for the club. Yeah, uh, shout out to uh, you not being able to post on social media again. <laughs> it's like anytime I try, I just fail so miserably. 
It's okay. I got you. But the big thing that, that stuck out to me from this match, okay, and it's one that I've talked about quite a few times. I know you're probably tired of me talking about it, is our inability to do anything decent on set pieces or corners. We had 14 corners to their one. We should have we should have got more shots on target or at least better opportunities than what we got out of that. If I see another playground, Jean Mota can't beat the first damn defender in the box corner again. I'm probably going to start ripping out my beard because I don't have any hair on the top of my head. It's, it's just one of those things that we need to get better at. I don't understand the disconnect between the players i mean obviously you see they're practicing this stuff because they just don't come up with those routines on the spot yeah yeah um i also would not hate if we just did a generic corner kick stop trying to pass it all the way outside the box and flip it back to drake and then have drake boot it all the way down the field on you know like it, it didn't actually happen but you know what i'm saying it's one of those yeah. things that we just need to get better at the basics. It's like yeah. over intricacy just kind of kills it, right? And just get back Correct. to the fundamentals. You you are not primo Brazil. This is not this is not primo Brazil. You cannot pull off the the fancy flicks and the flare. We can barely win a game. Let's just focus <laughs> on getting the basics down and win the game the right way. Um but all in all, like you like you touched on, it was it was great to go into the night. Two hours of footy. Uh, I actually delayed my pre shift at work because I was still watching the game in my car, and I told them they just needed to just needed to wait. Um, a yeah, little longer. I, I, yeah, just a little bit longer. No big deal. Uh, you know, but, yeah, but so like, let's get into this lineup, right? Obviously, cup game. What's very common in cup games is some of the the younger guys, the non starters, get to go. So you know, Schneider gets to start up top. Kermashi gets to start as a 10. Harvey Neville came in replacing Negri on the left wing. And, I mean, I'm actually kind of high on Harvey. Obviously, I think he's better on the on the right side, but Yedlin's certainly had his moments. Um, but Sailor gets to start. Um, McVeigh, you know, I mean, he's uh, kind of been a little, little on the fringe lately, but... Um, I think it's important, right? If we're playing that bad, if you're playing that bad, and things we know is our academy is probably what top five in the league, right? You get a lot of yeah. talent coming out of our academy, and, and we know it's going to be a few more years until that really starts to bleed over. But why not give these young guys a a chance to to get comfortable, get the ball out on their feet, get some game time action? Uh, I think it was a good way. Ugly game, very hard fought. Um, Positive. What I do want to take away is that the team did fight, right? It might not not have been pretty, but they didn't give up. They kept going. Went down really early. Took till the end of the game, into regulation time to to climb back in it. Go down towards the end of um, extra time. Climb back in it. Go to penalties. Drilled all the penalties. It was good. It was good. Shout out to Kamal Miller. I think it was a very good showing by him. I mean, you're going two hours straight and then coming in and, and capping off with the uh, the final pen, penalty and getting the win. And um, ugly game. Stats aren't, you know, great, not super efficient. But, hey, we got the win. And, uh, again, there's people out there, oh, technically it's not a win. Like, I, I don't care. We advance. I'm going to count it as a win. You can sue me if you don't agree with that, whatever. Um, it was needed, right? And something had to give. If, if, if we lose this game, I think the – 
the impact of that is pretty substantial moving forward into continuing the, the MLS season. And, um, Whatever, you know, we'll take it for, for what it is. So hard fought, uh, win, ugly win. We're going to be taking on uh, Charleston Battery, uh, and that is next week, um, 9th or the 10th. Um, I'll have to see if they released uh, – pardon me, I did not follow that. If they released what day it's going to be, we'll find that out while we talk. Anyway, so moving on, then we go into back into the MLS, right? Not a ton of rest time, you know few days and you got to go against Columbus who has some pretty formidable players to say the least. Right. Um, some people I really like, really like Zelly. I think everyone really likes Zelly, but also Cucho, um, dangerous team. And then we, you know, we get into the, to the, the formation we rolled out against Miami FC wasn't that far off from what we rolled out. Um, you know, I mean, Schneider didn't start, but Kermashi getting the start in the 10. Um, a lot of people have been really high on Kermashi. A lot of people think he could be the future. Um, I think this game was a great showing of that. You know, um, we'll, we'll, we'll get into this one, but what were your thoughts seeing Venture get, get, get a start here? N- you know, not a cup game, right? Starting the cup game, but actually get a start with the first team i mean i was i was all for it we've been talking about how our midfield has underperformed and you know, i've been saying for years now give the kids a chance let them let them get in there let them play he's been playing relatively well down in miami too getting a lot of minutes um you know we were in the middle of a six game losing streak what do you have to lose at this point you know benja has proven that he can go into that role and be a formidable uh threat for Inter Miami too. Uh, obviously, he's getting looks at from the U.S. men's team and the Argentinian men's team. So there's some talent there, and the players around him that are more seasoned and more senior obviously respect what he brings to the field and and want to play with him. So instead of, and I know you're not going to like this, but instead of having Pizarro trying to do way too much and not bringing out anything in a game that is critical as this. It was great to see Benja get, uh, you know, walked out, put into the lineup with Leo, and obviously it paid dividends for us. I agree, and I'm not upset that Benja got the start at the 10 because I've been saying for so damn long, Pizarro's not a 10. Put him on the left wing. I'd rather have had Pizarro start over Stefanelli uh, on the wing there. Uh, just to backtrack, uh, just very shortly, uh, the Charleston Battery game uh, next week, May 9th. That's a Tuesday at 7 o'clock. I drive Pink Stadium, baby. Let's get it. That'll be a, a good time. Hopefully, we can continue pushing to the uh, the next round. That's uh, that's all I'm concerned about. So, anyway, getting back to the Columbus game, though. Uh, go back to the starters, right, um, in terms of the, the back line. Um, Yedlin, Kristoff, Kamal Miller, and, uh, and Negri. And, again, just Negri. I'm so high on Negri. What a, what a stud. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dixon Arroyo is continuing to, to play well, and I think the more uh, Miller and Arroyo integrate with the team, the more they develop with each other. It could be a, a really beautiful thing. Um, the game, ugly, <laughs> stats-wise. Uh, sneak out with a 2-1 win. Um, end up going up, like, pretty damn early. I mean, I was going to joke that, like, oh, we're scoring in the first three minutes, but <laughs> it wasn't long. Campana uh, was able to... I mean, somehow slot the goalie after, like, 
I, I was confused on how that, that shot worked out almost because it looked like the defender, looked like everything kind of collided at the same time, but somehow gets it out, gets it uh, past Schulte. Um, what noticeable, Karmashi's header, man, that glancing header, that, that attack mind is what we've needed from a 10. I think other people that are playing that role are going to head it level or backwards. But no, he glances it over, and and Campana just just does the rest. Um, I thought it was a great performance by Kamashi um, throughout the game. I was I was honestly surprised he wasn't on the MLS Team of the Week, even on the bench or something like that. Um, but just to to get that in your first like real start for the MLS. Uh, substantial. I, I I wish he was a little faster. That's something that can be worked on. He's 18 years old, so like he's not even fully done developing from a physiological standpoint, right? He's still going to put on some weight and some speed and some muscle. So we'll develop, but this looks like what we've been looking for for so damn long. And it's it's easy to say that with only one game in. I'm not being negative, but like let's be honest, that was a a fantastic performance. It's it's mm-hmm. hard not to get uh, you know if you're not already on board, it's hard not to get on board the the, the Kramashi train here, and uh, you know be a massive supporter for Benja. That header had me standing up off the couch. Like I immediately shot off the couch because I was like, oh my god, that was a beautiful pass. Whether Leo finished it or not. Like that was an absolute peach of a pass. Um, I don't know if you got to see the opposite angle, but that ball almost took just a little skip when it came off the ground. And that's how Leo was able to slot it between the defender and the goalkeeper. Like it literally just took a little bounce there. Um, And obviously led to a beautiful goal. Uh, I would agree with you. He needs to work on his pace, um, but we're, in no way, shape, or form, going to sit here and critique an 18 year old <laughs> who is still evolving into his game. Like, yeah. that's not fair for us to do. Um, but one of those things in typical Inter Miami fashion wasn't even five minutes. Well, yeah. And as I already alluded to, that's when I thought the wheels were going to come off. I mean, if you haven't listened to our podcast before, you know that we can appreciate a beautiful goal against mm-hmm. our own team. Uh, the, the beautiful passing display between the Columbus crew on that uh, left-hand side of the pitch was uh, justly rewarded by a Cucho thunder strike from his right foot all the way to the oppo corner of Drake calendar. Drake did a fantastic job of stretching out for that one. I'm not sure there's too many keepers in this league that would stop that shot. Absolutely beautiful. I, 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 nothing you can do. As a fan of the game, I applauded it. I was like, that's wonderful. And that little movement right there displayed my concern before this match. Columbus midfield is one of the best passing midfield groups in the league. I think it's Aiden Morris has like a 92.5% passing accuracy before that game. That's ridiculous. Um Right now, he I just checked stats. He's at 93%. And then you've got Herrera, who's at 88.8%. Zelly's at 81. Darlington Nagby's at 91.8. They are ridiculous. Putting that in comparison, the best passer we have on our team is Jean Mota at 83.8. Jesus. Yes. It's a deep level. Um, 
yeah, it's it it it's one of those things that I was really concerned about. Obviously, we were able to um, button it up, but that displayed my concern right there. Unfortunately, Columbus wasn't able to continue to build off that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why four years. It's like can't even can't even hold it together for five minutes after scoring. It's 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 utterly frustrating. I was, you know, holy shit, we scored first. What? Just bought in at the high, and I was like, oh, that makes sense. You know, draw. Like I was like, oh man, like they're going to continue this. They seem to be utterly dominant, uh, which they were. Um, but then I know we say a lot of negative things about this team set pieces and specifically corners, but damn, 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 it doesn't. There's got to be some correlation there between uh, Campana being back fully healthy or what seems to be pretty close to fully healthy. And, uh, you know, we're getting back to the ball we're used to with a, with a big man up top and just doing what is beautiful, sculpted body, lovely flowing hair, and amazing permanent 5 o'clock shadow does. Score goals. Scores the second one in the 41st minute. And I'm like, oh, my God, just make it out of the half without conceding any more goals and holy shit they went the whole game without conceding another goal now it was ugly i mean it was truly truly brutal and i guess before we really go through the stats um several people on uh on team of the week including leo campana um but phil neville coach of the week on the on the match day squad and um I'm not sure I agree with that. Everyone's saying, oh, this was a good strategy, you know. But possession-wise, man, I mean, we were just, we were just crushed. It was 70 to 30%. It reminded me with 30%. It was an onslaught, and we were just having to be defensively compact and sound because they pass all around, all, they move the ball very well around the box and just stopping attempt after attempt. 20 shots, right? And uh, eight of those on goal for Columbus. Um, it was a great defensive effort. I don't know if that's like a Neville master class. Like, we held it together. But, man, someone said the same people that are complaining about, you know, 65% possession and 20 shots and no goals are the same ones upset with 25 30% possession in a, in a win. And like fair, I'm not sure how I feel about that, but like I don't want to have to watch every game like this. This was stressful, you know. It was really can you can you withstand uh, the onslaught? And they held it together. I think the defense is is really um, improving. And I was looking at the uh, I was just you know going over the standings as uh, as we you know like to do every now and then just to see what our potential was in terms of, of climbing, right? And we, we didn't really climb too much, climb two spots, right, from 14 to 12. Um, but one of the most uh, notable things that I saw is, um, you know, goals against really, you know, aren't aren't horrible. It's not like the defense has played. I mean, there, there have been games where it, it's been pretty bad, but the defenses actually can play quite well together, Um and this was a, a pretty good show, and I think we really needed a, a, another solid center back after we lost Damien Lowe. And say what you want, maybe not solid, but I think Kamal Miller, real deal. Um, 
we had to address the Gregory going down situation. I think Dixon has, has, has done a pretty, pretty bang up job. Um, you know, and honestly, we're what tied for, uh, what was that third least goals against goals conceded in the East, which is really not, not horrible. All things conceded, but I don't want to do that every game. It's a, it's too stressful. I got too many, I got too many bad sports teams in my life. I need some, some confidence. So, can we turn that around? Um, I sure hope so, man. What were your thoughts on uh, – was this all part of Phil's game plan, do you think? Just sit back completely defensively? Or was he hoping for something a lot better? Because I'm still not sold if he should have been on team of the week. No, nah, he just got lucky. I mean, I, I hate being like that. I know I said it last time, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm on the – we need to start looking train. We uh, – you know, we need to figure out what we're going to be doing going forward. One stat to me that stood out was the fact that we got out past <laughs> 500 to 151. Bro, I thought it was 180. Wait, did they change the stats on me? Hold on. Hold on. No way. I, the last I saw it was it was 500 to 151. How? Wait, wait, hold on. Okay, so we're getting... There's varying stats here. I'm not going to lie. Because I saw 180 to like 500 something. How is, that, how is this possible? Um, because we were result, we were just trying to lob the ball to Leo. We went back to Leo ball. And we were just trying to get it up and add it to him. And it's one of those things that it worked this time. But it's not always going to work. It's, it's Phil got lucky. And, and I'm not going to... I'm not going to give him the the credit he deserves or doesn't deserve, in my opinion, on this game because the players did their job. It's not like he went out there and made tactical changes that were mind-blowing, right? Sure, he started Benja. Good on you. He started Leo, as you should. He had a back line, which he didn't really rotate. The midfield really wasn't rotated. It's... I don't know. It's more of a result down to the probably the players responding to the win against Miami in the Open Cup, rather than him being, uh, you know, Phil Neville masterclass. If I'm being honest with you. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I was it was after the game, and it was 180 after the game. They might have updated it. I don't know. Sometimes I get stats wrong, but I was like, damn, is that the most efficient ball we've ever played? Right, 180 passes and two goals. It means we're averaging one goal for every 90 passes. Like it's it's a uh, it's just, it's just wild. It's a, it's a not a fun way to, to to play the sport, and you can't put us through any more pain. But hey, like in in terms of our possession, I thought that um, the attacks we could put together it seemed like we were going more for a counter attack approach, which was was fine for the first week. We've seen um, some sort of competency in terms of finishing, which is great. I think we just missed Leo for uh for far far too long, but. Um, you know, the counterattacks were working, the long balls were working, through balls on the on the outside were working, and ended up somehow pulling this one out against a team that I think most people thought we were going to uh, to lose to. And um, I, I will take it. It's stressful. I don't want to do this every week, though. The only thing I wish we would have gotten out of this game was the Leo chip from midfield that he put just wide on the goal. He tried. He he looked up, and I was like, oh, it's going to happen again. I was getting visions of Orlando in my head, getting ready to celebrate like a madman. And uh, you could tell he wanted it. Uh, that's, But that's really the only thing I would have liked to have seen out of the game 
besides, you know, the result we got. Um, and, and I will continue to say, as, as much as it was a different tune last year, up to a point, thank God for Drake Calendar. Because he's arguably the only reason we have not had, like, a negative 40 goal differential. And, yeah, we, we've been in the games we've been in to have a chance. So, hopefully it is going to continue against a very formidable midfield threat here coming up against Atlanta. So, let's get to that, man. Um, yeah, let's get to that. Atlanta third in the East right now. Five wins, two losses, three draws. Uh, 19 goals for, 16 goals against. So, what does that tell you? Uh, in terms of defensive or as far as, like, goals uh, allowed, um, second most in the league behind Charlotte. Bless your heart, Charlotte. I feel for you. Um, so, you know, the defense isn't necessarily uh, amazing. The attack is pretty good. Ahmad is definitely a, a monster. I mean, he's had a hell of a, a start to the season. Um, but this is a team that – I mean, I think I think a lot of Atlanta fans were, were pretty nervous coming in, but probably pretty happy with uh, with the results where they are now. I mean, Almada's got five. Um, I'm going to butcher his name, but it's a, the Greek name. Uh, Giacomakis also has five. Wiley, five. Luis Araujo, two. Um, Assist-wise, Almada is six. He's probably front-runner for the MVP without even looking at him. Brooks Lennon, um they got Derek Etienne now. Like it, it's a it's a tough squad, man. At least it's a home game, uh, which I think plays into into our hands in in terms of trying to turn this around. Because I I can't say with confidence it's turned around, right? I just don't think well, you can with the way the results have gone. The only thing I think we have in our favor is the fact that in the back of their mind, they might still be thinking about that loss to Memphis 901 in the U.S. Uh, US Open Cup. Uh, they, they got downed 2-1. Uh, they scored in the third minute, started off hot, and then they lost in the 90th plus six to a PK, and then they got dunked on in the 100th minute for the win. Memphis, listen to this stat. Memphis shot 30 times on Atlanta to Atlanta's 10. And Memphis had 10 shots on goal to Atlanta's two. Now, it goes to note here that they did not trot out their strongest lineup. Uh, even put in a familiar face in goal. Clement Diop was uh, in goal for him that game. Um, but still, they lost. So that's going to be in the back of their mind. And then they got trounced by Nashville 3-1 to last week. Uh, Almada scored the penalty for him, uh, but it was it was a Heine Mukhtar assist masterclass. Uh, I know you're still raging that he hasn't been called up for the German squad here, but uh, you know he uh, he had himself a day. So it's one of those things that I feel like if we can get underneath Atlanta's skin early, they are going to struggle holding it together. Um, Almada's only one guy. We know what Diop brings to the table in terms of goal, uh, you know, playing in goal. It's not great. No, no offense to him, but he's not, he's not a masterclass, you know, goalkeeper. So, I mean, they have Lennon in the back line. They have Robinson, uh, obviously Tiago Almada, Arujo. Uh, it's going to be one of those things. That if we can nullify their stars, we should be relatively okay because their supporting cast is not great. Um, yeah, I mean, the big thing is 
man mark the ever living daylights out of Almada. Yeah, you have to be. I mean, it's going to be a good uh, another good test for the defense, and I just hope that we are. It's not so lopsided in terms of possession because it's not going to get after easier after Atlanta. I mean, then it's against New England, and then it's against uh, Nashville. New England's number one in the East. Nashville number four. So we're literally going through a three game MLS stretch right now of th- three teams in the top four with well, one three I mean, and four. Even even add in. I mean, Orlando is going to be a tough one off the rip no matter what. So it's not going to get any easier. And then Orlando, uh, right? And then the rival until, game. Yeah. Until the 27th where we have Montreal and a surprisingly terrible Red Bull squad on the 31st. And then uh, Saturday, the June 3rd, we play D.C. So after that, it is an absolute gauntlet again with the Revs, the Union, Austin, Columbus until we have another away game uh, versus D.C. So we need, we say this every time around this year, I think. We need to secure the points where we can secure them because the gauntlet is going to kill us if we do not, even if we just learn how to draw, fantastic. Take one from each game. It'll it'll be, you know, monumental towards rebuilding where we were at, you know, eight games ago. So I agree. hopefully we're able to get after it. Here's the thing. So Atlanta home game, New England home game. So we're getting two home games against two of the toughest teams in the East, which is good, right? We want them at our fortress. That's where I think we're obviously play our best. We didn't note, maybe you did and I didn't catch it. The Columbus away one was the first away one of the season, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, we did not mention that, but yes. yes. First away win. So we get two, two of the best teams in the East at home. Now here's the interesting part is we're sandwiching that Charleston battery game in between those also a home game. So we're going to get three home games in an eight day stretch. You're going to get three games in an eight day stretch. That's also going to be something Phil has to manage in terms of who's fit, who's not, who needs to recover longer. It's good to see him start playing some of the younger kids. They can recover really quick, but he's going to have to have some nice rotations to really make it through this. Um, Atlanta coming into that pretty fresh. I think that will be, um, probably the easier game to win, but then New England coming off two games and, you know, not <laughs> not a lot of time to recover. New England, New England will be a will be a tough game. But um, so to build off of that, the big thing for us too is that we need to make sure you know, kind of building off what you said, we need to make sure that we utilize the month of May. We only leave the confines of Drive Pink twice once to Nashville, and then we get reunited with Bryson and Ari up in Montreal, Quebec. So we need to make sure we take advantage of that because June, we only have three games, but it's up in Foxborough, up in Chester, and then obviously home against D.C. And then it's it doesn't get much better. So we have to, we have to regain the fortress that we had, and I'm using fortress lightly <laughs> um at drive pink because you know we did play significantly better there last year mm-hmm. and off the rip we did play pretty well there so hopefully we're able to find the the right stride pick up as many points as we can before all of a sudden we are staring down at league's cup in july which is just going to add more chaos to our schedule yeah well uh, i mean it's the first time we really get to get experience that this year so uh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. What, why? So let's, uh, before we get to some other news, uh, prediction wise, what do you think's going to happen with, uh, with the Atlanta game? Uh, man, 
I don't want to go based off of the high of the past week. I'm going to go 2-1. Tiago Almada breaks our heart at the, at the death. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, I don't want to get confident either, and I like being wrong in my predictions as long as we uh, as we win. So, um, yeah, I'll go. Uh, I'll go two one. I'm gonna go two one loss because I think uh, Atlanta <sighs> be turning up in the right direction after uh, after the Memphis uh, breakout. And hey, I'm saying that because I, I I really hope I'm wrong here. I really hope I'm wrong, and I would much rather be wrong. Um, but it's going to be a tough stretch. I I think I think it's going to be one of those games that Phil gets tactically wrong because he wants to trot out uh, Martinez against Atlanta. And I think we're going to – we are going to – Better play him on the wing, bro. Yeah, we're, gonna, we're going to try and do too much to give him that satisfactory he scored 99th and 100 against Atlanta, and we're going to just screw ourselves over. Um, but, hey. It is what it is. We can't control it, and uh, we'll go from there. But looking at the schedule around, I know we don't always get to watch the other games, all right? I am looking forward to watching a couple of these, if I was able to do so. St. Louis and Dallas is an 8.30 kickoff. That one's going to be fantastic. I mean, if you haven't had a chance to watch St. Louis, that is some fun footy. They are a blast to watch. Mm-hmm. 10.30 p.m. matchup is going to be a fantastic game. Portland versus Austin. Again, two great sides. Uh, you know, Portland's a, a storied side in the league. Austin's one of the hottest up-and-coming teams besides this year. Um, you, you can't go wrong watching that. It's going to be uh, a drag-out knockout war, I think, personally. Um, but I don't know. What, what are you looking forward to this week, Jay? Uh, well, tonight I do want to check out a little bit of the LAFC Philadelphia um, CONCACAF Champions League game. I think that'll be a, a fun one with uh, be able to watch that because it's tough with the MLS wraparound to, to really catch everything. And um, they drew it out 1-1, so title Nagrets and uh, whoever can win this thing uh, goes home. In terms of MLS games, I'm probably starting to feel like a little bit of a closet Cincinnati fan because I keep wanting to watch Cincinnati games, but the Cincinnati DC game, I feel like will be a pretty good battle in the East. Uh, ben is playing very well. Shout out to that uh, class, class bicycle kick there. Um, that's uh, really, I mean, the lineups, like you've already mentioned, um, St. Louis, Dallas would be pretty good. Um, nothing really like pops out outside the Austin Portland game. Um, I think Austin is much better than than maybe what they've been putting on uh, so far this season. So I know they're going to want to get out of the uh, the bottom portion of the table. And then Portland, I mean, they're all right around that area. So uh, those would be the two games I'm watching in the MLS. Uh, but Concaf is probably going to be uh, the more exciting one here. And then, you know, like Philadelphia plays New York, worse than the East. What's I bet Philadelphia goes pretty heavy with the starters tonight to get past um, uh, LAFC. And LAFC plays San Jose, who, I mean – you know, to be fair, San Jose is having quite a resurgence of a season, so that's going to be the interesting one for them to balance. Uh, they obviously have a lot of good players and, and can rotate, but um, I think that'll be a, a pretty interesting um, see how they handle all that, and and that's what I would I'd go with, buddy. 
I'm actually really excited at the prospect of being able to see San Jose in a couple of weeks uh, when I when I go out to the West Coast. And, you know, San Jose against a team I've always wanted to see live in Portland. Uh, they like you said, they've had a resurgence season. Cade Cowell is coming into his own. They're finally, you know, able to put the product that we think they should have had on the field, and to be able to put everything together. Uh, so it's only going to be better for the league if. Um, if, if San Jose is able to do what they need to do. Um, now, looking and they at... they got uh, Jeremy uh, Mbosi, who I think is, is, is finally starting to get to the, uh, the, the comfort level uh, that he had with, uh, with Portland, right? And, and stud player, five goals on the season, uh, Espinosa was six. So I think that'll be a pretty exciting game for you to attend. Yeah, it, sh- it should be, and it's going to be relatively cheap, so that's going to be awesome. Uh, looking at league news, the biggest piece of breaking news to come, and I know we're a little bit late on this, but we want to touch base on it regardless. Talking about your closet fandom, as much as you ripped me on Philly, I'm going to start using that one against you. FC Cincinnati's Brenner completes club record transfer to Udinese, uh, $10 million plus add-ons, and additional sell-on percentages. He wanted out. It was a big deal. They didn't want to let him go. They finally had enough. And it seemed like it wasn't it wasn't spiteful or venomous at any point, but it was definitely one of those things that you could you could tell the breakup was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he wanted it for good. a while, but then he started really doing well last season. So then it was like, well, is he really going to leave? They didn't want him to leave, but yeah, good for him. It, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's going to be able to go and do his thing. Uh, he will stay with Cincinnati until the beginning of the July when the European transfer window opens. His final MLS match will be July 1st against the Revolution. Uh, and then he will officially become one of the top 10 most expensive outbound transfers in MLS history. Um, so that's going to be detrimental to the league because Brenner when he was on his a game was was fantastic to watch mm-hmm. um but he also never became what he's supposed uh, to be yeah he never really came what he was supposed to be uh it's it is interesting to note um that he was worth more than Jordy going from Montreal to uh, AZ Alkmaar last year Jordy Mihalovic only went for six million and uh Ishmael Kone went from Montreal to Watford for around eight million. So they bought him name, for they bought Brenner for a lot though. I want to say it was like twelve million or something. It was it was pretty substantial when they when they got him. But it'll be interesting to see how much it affects Cincinnati because they still have Brandon Vasquez, who is an absolute stud, and I look forward to to seeing him, especially with the the U.S. Men's National Team. They still have lucha acosta so uh, like they're, they're still a, a, a very like just with those two you're typically good but i mean that three-headed monster was definitely something to see while it lasted yeah no absolutely it's one of those things that again other leagues are starting to notice what we have i mean it's not a new thing i mean look at what uh you know the aronsons from philly are always gonna be one of the ones that you you notate that went on and did big things mm-hmm. um it's one of those things that you know good on you He's, he's on his way out. Um, he wants to be where he's at. And you know, good for Cincy. They're getting some money out of him. All in all, when the sale is done, they actually lost out on $1.82 million. Uh, They bought him for 11.82, and they're selling him for 10 okay. Now, that's 10 
plus add-on so they yeah. may recoup that but Fair. um yeah it is what it is uh additional news let me jump in here real quick let me jump in here real quick because okay, i go, feel go, go, bad because i didn't shout out the other one there were three people from the club who made team of the week it was campana it was phil neville but it was also on the bench negri and uh really really uh high up on franco negri so um Piggybacking off that, before you continue, sir, because I know you come so prepared, I also do want to shout out Benja because he was featured on Young Players of the Match Day. Top feature guy, top of the list. I'm assuming that means number one pick right there. Uh, Obviously, great showing and uh, getting some much love from the MLS. Go ahead, buddy. Well, talking about love from the MLS, <clears throat> multiple folks will not be loving the MLS this week. San Jose was fined for mass confrontation. What are your thoughts on fines for mass confrontation, Jay? Um, <laughs> I don't know what did, did I miss that? What what can you give me? Give me some details, and I can give you a, okay. a, a ruling. So in the league. As we see in the Premier League and and in La Liga, in League One, in in whatever league you're watching, the players always crowd the ref when they're not getting their way. Yeah, the MLS has a mass confrontation policy that allows the coaches and the club to be fined for violations, as well as the individual players to be fined for violations that are deemed mass confrontational um i don't know if i personally believe that it should be a finable offense should they be carded sure and maybe it'll help because some of these guys they're they're balling in so much money a little bit of fine is not going to hurt them too too much but to sit there and find everybody including the coach and the club like i don't I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, what are your thoughts? Was it just a bad decision? A bunch of, like anyone put hands on a coach or put hands on no a one, ref? Rather, no one, sorry, no one touched anybody. It was just crowding. Yeah, I don't know. That's, mass, that's, that's pretty whack. Yeah, of a mass, uh, you know, group. Especially if it's like I, a justified, like if if there was a bad call made, it's trash. Correct. Correct. Yeah. No, I like if it was a handball in the box. Shout out DeAndre Edlin, who may have got away with one this past week. Um, if it was a handball in the box and there was no call to it, I mean, yeah, sure. Okay. But just, I don't know. I agree with that one just as much as I agree with a fine for being guilty of failure to leave the field in a timely manner. <laughs> yeah. We don't want time wasting. Okay. But give them a yellow, give them a red, like kick, like, okay, cool. You're not leaving the field. Cool. Now I'm kicking you out. Like, there you go. Boom. Get out. But here's the thing. Like, even when someone walks off slow, they get a yellow. They don't start sprinting. They're like, oh, well, I got a yellow. I'm just going to continue this slow walk then. Yeah, no, absolutely. The The only one I would agree with is the is the embellishment fine. The simulation and embellishment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Get I, that I, out of the I, game. That's yeah, what that's what holds the game back on the grand scheme of things in the United States is, you know, you run, oh, no, too much diving. They're little sissies or whatever. Like, yeah, we got we to well, get that out of the game. And since you opened Pandora's box on this one, mm. I have noticed it a lot at the youth level too. So many times, like in Riley's games, like someone will like the breeze will change and you would have thought they were shot and sent 50 yards flying and 
the officials looking down, and I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. You're like, what is happening? I've seen youth and, practices uh, are like, all right, and everyone, do the Neymar. And they all get on the yeah. ground and start rolling and faking it, bro. Uh, Riley's coach has called him Bruno the past couple of weeks. I take offense to that, but it's <laughs> it's relatively true. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where the league, it's not as bad as the NFL. The league just needs to maybe reevaluate what they're doing. They need to make sure that uh, they're not going too, too far with it. Uh, in terms of Inter-Miami news, uh, while the first team had a fantastic showing against the Columbus crew, Inter-Miami 2 was cruising to a win. They were up 2 to nothing. And between the 71st minute and the final whistle, they gave up three goals to lose 3-2. to two. Uh, Not great. Not great. And, you know, shout out to the team for putting that they narrowly fell. No, they got shellacked. Who are they playing? Columbus. Okay. They got shellacked in the final 15, 20 minutes of that match. Um, it, it was, you know, it was one of those things where it looked like the team was complacent with that stereotypical 2-0 lead. And if you watch sport long enough, you know it's, it's – stereotypical as it is to say that two nil lead is never safe that yeah. is never safe um you know and they actually had a relatively decent lineup uh dos santos and goal noah allen abel caputo ryan sailor nicholas sisak who i'm pretty high on is is uh uh left back right back whatever he's gonna play uh joseph converse jake lacava lawson sunderland who scored brian destin darian reyes and lucas meeks not a shabby lineup for the youth. Quite a few players who've been called up, uh, not only to the first team, but to the relatively uh, the relative age group for the U.S. men's national team mm-hmm. and other countries. Uh, not a good look for Fetty. <laughs> Just to let that game get out of control like it did. Yeah, after coming not back even... to win and then letting it happen to you. Yeah, it was not... Um... It wasn't even close. It was like Columbus was able to shift a completely different gear and put it, uh, yeah, put Miami to the, the to task. Honestly, um, so yeah, they they bounce back. They also play Atlanta here this coming week, so hopefully they will be able to continue on. Uh, and that's really it for team news. We don't have a whole hell of a lot coming out of the Inter Miami rolling camp. Real quick, we got the uh, Power Rankings, baby, up five to twenty third. All right, all right. All starting right. the climb back. Starting the climb back, baby. And um, hey, what's up? I know we didn't talk about, and I know a very particular Discord member who is going to be very upset if we don't talk about this. Shout out David Ruiz, yep. homegrown contract, uh, and then him and Benja substituting in the uh, game against Columbus was the first ever homegrown for homegrown substitution in Miami's history. Uh, Ruiz is a promising midfielder. Uh, he's Honduran American. He actually just got called up for the U 20 world cup for Honduras. Uh, it's going to be a good experience for him. Another promising midfielder. Uh, it's, it's exciting to see again that we are again, producing the talent that needs to help set our base up. So, and swaggy hair and I can always get behind a do with swaggy hair. I wish I had swaggy hair. Uh, let's wrap it up with um, 
Let's do some conference standings. Basically, kind of ran through the East already, but uh, we'll go uh, top to bottom here in the number one spot, New England, followed by Cincinnati, Atlanta, Nashville, NYCFC, Columbus, D.C., Orlando, Toronto, rounding out right above the playoff line. In 10th, we've got Philadelphia, odd season for them, followed by Chicago, Jibboys, Inter Miami, Montreal, Charlotte, and last place. New York. Yeah, no, it's actually pretty decent. Uh, you know, pretty decent power ranks. I like where we're at. Um, oh, you're going back to I, the power. I actually, Sorry, I was reading off. I didn't, I wasn't sure if you were trying to get my attention. Yeah, no, no, that's my fault. That's my fault. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're where we should be. Yeah, we're where we should be, and I'm surprised that we got what we got from. The, the media <laughs> that point jump hey we'll take that yeah. all day uh western conference number one seattle only behind one point though is st louis followed by lafc in three then dallas san jose houston minnesota portland vancouver rounding out the playoff spots outside of that saint saint oh, i'm losing it salt lake Austin, Colorado, L.A., and kansas city and that's where the mls currently sits any other relevant news we got besides the big party that's going down on 520? Yeah, 520. 520. Uh, we have OnlyFans, the return of OnlyFans this week. Oh, we have it. All right, all right. Well, before we do that, I got to hype it up all I can, bro. FanFest 2023 is kicking off. Joined by integrating with GymFest. <laughs> if anyone, I don't know how many people know Jim, but... Uh, it's going to be a good time. Uh, come out. If you're if you're debating coming to a game and you listen to this podcast, I'm there every time. I'm whatever. I'm plain. I'm boring. I'm always there. Come see Than. Than makes time to come down here. Come see Than. It's 520, May 20th, 730. Going to get his first taste of the poorly named Copa del Sol, Sunshine Classico, Sun Pasco, whatever you want to call it, the Orlando Rival game, baby. At Drive Pink, going to be a hell of a time for him. So come check it out. Also, that weekend, we are doing another round of the Inter Miami Podcast fan pickup game. So if you want to come play some footy, come on out. If you're good, you're going to do very well. If you're bad, come on out because you're going to be like the rest of us washed up dudes anyway. And Make gals, sure. everyone's invited. Yes, and make sure you reach out to us on social media. We will get you the link to sign up. We need to have an accurate head count because we are not psychotic. We are not playing outdoors, mainly at my request. We will be playing in the indoor fields. We need to make sure that we have enough spots and they are aware of how many folks we are bringing. Uh, and plus, to be honest, you know, it'll, be, it'll be good to see who's all coming out. So uh, come on out, see me. I promise you I will be coming in studs up at every opportunity. I will be banging in goals from half field, and then I will be celebrating like I just won the World Cup. In all reality, I'm going to blow my knee out in the third minute, and then I'm going to be in an air cast on the plane later that day. So, uh, no, for real, I look forward to seeing everybody. It's going to be a great time. Uh, it's one of the times of the year, because I always usually come down around this time. It's one of the times of the year that I always circle on my calendar and that I always look forward to. And, uh Yeah. But are you ready to get into OnlyFans, Jay? I'm ready. ready. Let's get into it. All right. First question. Given the benching of Pizarro and Yosef, are we 
having another Gonzalo Higuain situation where we have to bench the big players not performing. If so, will we ever get a resurgence from both of them? Hmm. Fair question. I feel like Martinez is different than Gonzalo. I feel like Gonzalo was maybe lack of effort or expectation. I feel like Martinez is a smaller dude, and we're still playing Campana ball. Uh, I don't know if we've been able to get him the the proper service. So those ones would be different. I do expect at some point, Joseph Martinez is going to start dropping goals. That's what he does. Um, I don't think he, I don't think there's a way he's not breaking 100 MLS goals. Um, I think the rotation is proper to send a message uh, to really bite down. You know, maybe you have been doing enough. You could do more. Um, with Pizarro, again, I'm always good with him not being the 10. I'd rather him be on the playing on the, the, the left of the midfield or on the left wing instead of uh, Stefanelli. Um, Pizarro could do better. I think Pizarro gets a lot of hate, though, and I think he's had some very brilliant moments and some moments where he's just tried to do too much and it – it hasn't worked out, but there's been games where I think he's one of the more class midfielders we had. So um, do they take that message? I hope so. I hope they, they realize that, hey, you know, they got to earn their place. It's not given. I also like that we're giving some of the younger kids a shot because, look, like maybe bench is what we've been missing. I mean, it's still probably way too early to say, yeah, for sure, he's the guy. He's going to be able to turn everything around, replace what Pozuela was offering us. But – I'm okay with it. I, I Do we see resurgence? I, I, I think that we will at some point. I think that we will see some regression back towards the the place we want to be. I think it's been a tough going for the club and, and all of those losses. I don't blame Martinez, and I don't blame Pizarro for that. I mean, we just played so poorly as a team. So I don't know if that's the answer you wanted, but it's how I feel. I was pretty quick to post that I think this is going to be the resurgence of, of Martinez. I think we're going to see a uh, uh, reimagined story from last year where Leo's taking the spotlight and let's be honest, Martinez has a little bit of a temper. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, uh, the, the table he flipped and, and all that at Atlanta, which kind of led to his being ostracized out of the club and the whole nine yards. I think he's going to get a massive chip on his shoulder. It's not going to be like Gonzalo where the game was passing him by and Gonzalo started to realize it and he had to re, uh, re reformat his game. Martinez just isn't figuring it out right now. And I, I don't think he's washed. Uh, I know a lot. I've seen a lot of people online saying he's washed. He's trash. He's done. Is he underperforming? 175% yes. But Hopefully, Leo's reemergence will be able to coax him out of his shell and be able to get more. And let's be honest, if Leo's scoring, the opponents are going to be marking him tighter, mm-hmm. which is going to leave more room for Joseph to be able to maneuver into space. He's a little dude. You're going to lose him. Yeah. So, but we only had a yeah. few games with both Leo and Gonzalo. I mean, Gonzalo really got his moment because Leo went down with an injury, and I, I really want to see Leo stay healthy for the whole season. So it also depends on – is Phil going to try and run two up top? Is he going to maybe let Yosef play on the wing or the crazy idea I said two up top with Schneider and Campana with a, a, a tight Tam tucked in right behind him of Joseph Martinez. I mean, he is 
as fast as he's got the skills. It will be it'll be fun to see. I agree with you. He does got he's got that Latin blood in him, you know, and he's gonna he'll take that grudge and he'll use that as energy. So I'm all for it. Yes, that uh, we could see. You know, we will see. Um, I, I like I said, I really think it's gonna happen, but it is what it is. Uh, Benja's first start. Give it a give it a rating. One being the worst, ten being the best. Um, I kind of guess like a seven five. I'm feeling okay. a nice seven five. I think it could have been something could have been better, right? To be fair, but a hell of a job. I mean, I'm I was very impressed. If, if he works on that speed, um, then I think he can really become a, a complete player as the rest of his game continues to develop. But he's got that attacking mindset that we've needed. Very short sample size, so maybe I eat my words here in the next game or two or three. Um, but I, I was pretty impressed. I'd give him a, a 7.5. I mean, I was, I honestly was expecting um, maybe a little more love on the team of the week. But, I mean, coming in there 18 years old, getting an assist, having some creativity in you, I'm all for it. What, was your, what would you do? With the assist, I give him an 8. So we're okay. pretty well right there. Without the assist, I was more like a 6. Um, yeah, I could agree with that pretty brutal I'm, I'm going off of the fifa pro clubs ratings because we know how brutal those can be sometimes um it's one of those things that again i don't want to rehash what we've already gone over his speed was lacking his vision was there his tenacity and his hunger for the game he's 18 and he's playing his first mls game you can't deny that yep. uh way too small of a sample size and hopefully we're able to see more of it going forward last question and we're going to the Premier League for this, sir. God. Uh, I know. Do you think the King Bottlers themselves are out of the Premier League title for good? Or do you think Arsenal can come back at Pip City in I, the next coming weeks? I don't I don't think there's a way they I mean mathematically, yes, but I don't think that there is really a a solid chance of how they do that. And and here's why I say that, right? They're they're winning. They're ahead after they throw it on the neck of Chelsea. God, I just need a freaking good sports team to root for. It's been so brutal in the sports world for me. I'm about to just pick up a crochet hobby or something. Uh, 78 points. They're two above Man City. Here's the thing, though. Arsenal has played 34 games. Man City's only played 32. So they've got two games in hand. Man City doesn't lose a lot. Very rare. He draws very rare. They seem to win a lot. So, I mean, even being conservatively just four points from those two games, which is extremely conservative, I, I don't think there's really a way that Arsenal can uh, can finish out. Uh, Man City's got some very favorable opponents. Um, probably the hardest one they got is your, is your United. I mean, they've got Brentford, Brighton. They've got Chelsea, which sucks. They've got Everton. They've got Leeds United and West Ham. These are very, very uh, beatable opponents, whereas Arsenal has one of the tougher finishes um, I've seen. I mean, you know, they had Chelsea, but they destroyed us. But moving to teams that are actually good this year, Newcastle, I think they might even struggle against Brighton. Brighton's been playing pretty, pretty well. Um, you know, and then they've got to wrap up against Man United. And I think he will take great, great joy in shutting Contra's annoying ass down in the Discord. I am looking forward to that, and then I'm going to look forward to be able to give him the middle fingers. I'm standing in front of both squads this summer because I'm so excited to go to this game. I am going to the United Arsenal game at MetLife Stadium. 
cannot wait. Getting back to the task at hand, I agree with you. As oh, that's a summer game. Me. That's a summer game. I, I, saw, I, I saw that on the schedule. But yes, I, their schedule is more difficult than Man City, so I'm going Man City. Correct. Man City, I think, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but I think they 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 beat Leeds. Leeds is in shambles. I personally believe Madrid's going to knock them out of the Champions League uh, because Pep always bottles Champions League with City. I should I should preface that with with City. Um, they play Everton. Everton's going down. Sad to see a historic club go down. Um, I'm going to skip over to Chelsea because I don't think you want to hear what I have to say. Brighton could give them a tough test. Uh, Brentford, depending on which team comes out for Brentford, could be a decent run for them. Uh, everybody needs to root for us on June 3rd because we're going to possibly keep them from winning the treble. Uh, no one wants to hear about City winning the treble. And uh, then, yeah, I mean, I'll put it this way. City wins, but it could always be worse because you could be Richarlison ripping your shirt off and, and shushing the crowd and then conceding a goal less than two minutes exactly. later to lose a match. So. Exactly. I think City wins by at least seven yeah. points, honestly. I think that I think that's a probably pretty conservative um, difference in points between the two. Well, when you've got the robot up front you scoring like a madman, absolutely robot um, breaking records, just, just being the man. This one's for me, and then we'll we can shut it down because we're starting to turn into the EPL here. Do you think Holland gets bored? He came into the league blasting goals away. Challenge relatively soon. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he probably honestly goes to Real Madrid. That's a, a heavy link right there. Um, I think he would get bored. He'll probably, I would imagine he'll be here next year, but he might want to make, uh, you know, start considering moves after that. Um, I, I, maybe he goes the whole Cristiano Ronaldo route where you want to go play in the power five leagues and see if you can win a title in each one. But uh, I think so. And, you know, it'd be, <laughs> be better off for all of us anyway, wouldn't it? Yes. I personally believe, and it'll never happen, but if you want to challenge, send them the Wrexham. Holland directs him. I'm here for it. <laughs> First ever hundred goal campaign. Uh, it, and I'm not talking like calendar year. I'm talking literal campaign. Hundred goals for Holland at Wrexham. Um, I, I, if he goes to Madrid, he could go down as one of the greatest Galacticos. I personally believe. The, the, the rate that he scores, some of the teams in Spain are lesser than the teams that he faces in England mm -hmm. on a regular basis. Um, and God, look out if he goes to France. Yeah. Like, yeah. absolutely look out if he goes and plays for, like, PSG. It's all on because that is a farmer's league. But, well, yeah, hey, I, I, I think he's got a year max, if maybe two. Uh, well, don't forget, City is still in the midst of that uh financial battle uh for financial fair play and potential other infractions so that could play a part in it um we will see but uh that's pretty much it for only fans dude and you know in 2035 we'll see him here at inner miami <laughs> he'll go to orlando just to give us the middle finger exactly exactly well uh i don't have anything else unless you do buddy absolutely not sir we've been rambling on for a while now i think we should give the listeners a break probably should probably should well if you don't check us out on social media please do so on instagram at enter miami podcast on twitter at enter mia podcast shout out to all the listeners la familia all community the club organization everyone involved we do it all for you 
And without further ado, as we end every episode, Bamo Miami. Bamo Miami. <laughs> <laughs>